2: Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Demcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson in DC, and today, former presidential candidate Joe Walsh returns. Yes, that is Joe Walsh, the politician, not the musician. (laughs) And yes, he's a conservative. So he was on the show before. You might have listened to it. And I I just want to get this out of the way. The last time he was on the show, we had a very cordial conversation and my listeners really enjoyed it. I did get some shit from people on Twitter who didn't, you know, who don't listen to my show and don't know my style. And they were saying, why are you giving him a platform? And the bottom line is this. Joe has a much bigger platform than I do. So the reason I'm giving him a platform, my smaller platform, is because he is one of the only never Trumpers who is willing to vote for any of the Democrats. He does not attack Democrats. He doesn't tell Democrats how to behave or how to govern. He understands that that's not his place. And I appreciate it he maintains that he is a conservative and that his values and his ideology has not changed. But, you know, at least from when he was a, the, the tea party Republican, um, several years ago. And, but what the big deal is, is Trump, you know, that did change. And, and because of Trump, we're going to talk about this because of Trump, not only has he changed, you know, his ideas about how to, you know, conduct himself as a Republican, um, he understands the importance of getting Trump out and he's going to be launching and he's going to talk about this. He's going to be launching this effort for Republicans who feel displaced and disaffected and they don't know where to go. Um, He is a man without a party right now and I don't need him to be a liberal to respect what he's doing. You know, I I will not agree with him on probably 99% of his policy. And then, you know, he can say the same about me, but we are human beings And we have to live in America together. So isn't it better to try to come to some kind of understanding and meeting in the middle than just being at odds with each other? And that's the whole reason I want him on this show. Now, he has written a book, so he's going to talk about that. Um, And then he's also ended his, suspended his campaign for presidency. So we're going to also talk about that. But one of the major points that I want to focus on is how this experience of a Trump presidency has changed his views. And if he were to run for office again and get elected, how that would change the way he deals with Democrats in government. So I think this is a really important conversation just because it's a liberal and a conservative who can respect each other, even though we have huge differences in, in, you know, I think, I think the bottom line, it's always the same argument. We want the same things. We just have different ideas on, on how to get there. So the, the argument and the bait doesn't have to be toxic. It was at least with Joe, he's been on a bunch of other shows. He was on Alyssa Milano's podcast. I know he was on Rick Smith's podcast and those people are liberal. So you know, he was able to sit down and talk to them. And, and, you know, again, Alyssa Milano has some very different ideas about how government should run than Joe, but they could come together. He can, you know, and he's always so friendly. He's always so very polite. And it's not just show He, the man is serious about getting Donald Trump out. And not only that, he's serious about just changing the overall toxic, um, just climate, the political climate that we're in right now. So I appreciate that. And our conversation is going to really be based on how things are going to be different moving forward. So I'm, I'm very excited to talk to him. And I really hope that no matter what, that you listen to the show, even if you don't agree with him, because I don't agree with him. And I'm sure he doesn't agree with me on a lot of things. But right now, this our country's at stake. And we know what is going on out there. It's so ugly and scary. And geez, with the coronavirus and with the news today, with the stocks plunging again, everything in this country is at stake. And we just have to get our shit together. All right, let's do that. (laughs) Now, before Joe comes on, Start me up as an independent podcast. And it's run by me, a woman. So I'd love. If, if you're new and listening for the first time, um, check out the front page of my Patreon show and read the description, read some of my past guests. I've had all kinds of guests on. Sometimes I even interview actors and I talk to them about their craft. Most of the time it's about politics. Um, when you sign up for any tier, you get each podcast delivered to your email box and you could like sign up for two dollars every show goes to your email box. And if you decide that you like the show and you want to upgrade to the $5 tier, you will get at least two shows per month where I just fly solo. Now I did one the other day and it was about Antonio and his um, giant appendage. That was kind of a fun one. And I know I'm going to do a couple this, this month, and I'm not exactly sure because the things that I'm going to talk about are going to be varied. Sometimes I'm going to share stories from my life from a, like a woman's perspective, maybe how the patriarchy fits in. Sometimes I'm just going to do rants about what I see online, whatever it is. I'm not sure what I'm going to talk about, but it's whatever I do is just going to be about me letting you in to my life. So, you know, when you're listening to me, talk to Joe Walsh or when you're listening to me, you know, talk to Liz Winstead, you have a better understanding of who I am and where I'm coming from. And then also I just really want to build this community of people, um, where we are engaging kind of like a Facebook on Patreon, except a little bit nicer. (laughs) Although I'm not open to criticism and I'm not open. I mean, I'm sorry, I am open to criticism. I'm open to people having different ideas. I'm always open to that because a lot of the time, you know, while I've been on social media, of course, prior to that, but specifically on social media, I've been political. And sometimes people point things out to me that I didn't know and it changes everything I see. So I'm not saying that just because you have a differing opinion, I'm going to automatically go with you. But if you have a new, if you have new input or a, something that I hadn't even thought of, I am open. So there's that. Uh, what else, what else can I say? Um, you just go to patreon.com slash start me up. And you know, like I said, read the front page, you can sign up for any dollar amount $5 $10 25 don't feel limited. You can also, if you want to just make a one-time donation, in the um, Patreon description, I include my email address, and you can send a one-time. Sometimes like people feel more comfortable doing that. So if you want to do that, that's great. Anything you do is appreciated. You're helping to produce the show, and you can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Now, I have been getting some new reviews, and my numbers have been going up, so more please. Please please go to uh, Apple Podcasts and become a subscriber to the show. It's free. And then just while you're there, give me a good review, give me a good rating. It helps so much. I think the last time I checked, and it's always kind of like a number that goes up and down. I think I was like 154 on political podcasts. So I think that's pretty freaking impressive, considering I've only just started doing two shows this year. So I'm appreciative of everybody who does that. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And uh, that's going to be it for now. Now, please enjoy my conversation with Joe Walsh. Welcome Joe. Hey,
3: how are you Kimberly?
2: Oh my god, it's crazy, isn't it?
3: What an interesting time <laughs> to be alive.
2: <laughs> no kidding. This is it's like may you live in interesting times. Here we are. Um, Amen. <laughs> Amen. Well, first of all, I want to say thank you for for coming back to the show. Um, uh, the last time you were here. Most of my listeners really appreciated our conversation, and I hope that yeah. this time around it'll be the same deal, because obviously, and we're going to get to this in a, a second, you wrote a book, and um, and then there's some other things we're going to talk about, some other issues that I don't know that other uh, liberals on, on their podcasts are asking you, but... Um, I, I am happy that you're here. Well, and by I'm... the way,
3: Kimberly, this is what's cool. The only cool thing about the Donald Trump era <laughs> is that he's brought people like you and I together. No kidding. Um, Isn't that wild? I mean, seriously.
2: Yeah. No. And and, and I actually do appreciate it. You know, the funny thing is, and I'll just be really brief about this, but um, the Equal Rights Amendment passed. Well, kind of. We still have to worry about the deadline thing. But, you know, it was stalled for so many years and it started happening. um, The last three states ratified while Trump was president. And so I feel like there are, you know, even though I would never uh, trade this in, like I would I would I would never choose Trump for any reason. But if we're going to try to find any kind of a silver lining, you know, there are a couple. So it's worth mentioning. Um, Okay, so let's just get into it. You wrote a book and it's called Fuck Silence.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Can we say that on your podcast?
2: We could say anything.
3: (laughs) (laughs) I did, Kimberly. I wrote a book uh, while I was running for president against Trump. It it was an easy right because Mm -hmm. it just flowed out of me and by the title fuck silence. (laughs) I just don't look, I think this guy is everything our founding fathers feared. You and I probably don't agree on tons politically, right? But we agree on the threat this guy Mm -hmm. is. And I wrote the book called fuck silence because I just don't want, especially on my side, Kimberly, I don't want Republicans and conservatives, To be quiet this year, Mm -hmm. I heard over and over on the campaign trail so many Republicans who would whisper to me, hey, Joe, I agree Trump's a moron and he's a liar. And my response would always be, well, then say something, (laughs) say that publicly, Yeah, because so many people on my side are afraid to say that stuff publicly.
2: Yeah. Well, and so, okay, so tell everybody the gist of your book.
3: So the gist of the book and the title is "Fuck Silence." <laughs> calling, Tr- <laughs> it says, Sorry. I worry. It's going to laugh like a freaking high I schooler worried about the title. <laughs> no,
0: it I, is love what it. It is. I love it. I
3: love it. It's called uh, "Calling Trump Out for the Cultish, Moronic, Authoritarian Con Man He Is." You can buy it now in your bookstores. It's on Amazon.com. Go ahead and order it. Um, the gist was pretty much this. Look, I'm a libertarian conservative, but the gist of the book is that four years of even Bernie Sanders as president, uh, America could, could would be fine with that and could survive that. Yeah. But there's no fucking way we could survive <laughs> yeah. four years no. of Trump. I, I said it often on the campaign trail, and I got in trouble with a lot of conservatives. Mm-hmm. I'd rather have a socialist in the White House than a dictator. Mm -hmm. And the book, the book makes the case as to why a dictator is way more dangerous than a socialist.
2: Well, but I just want to clarify socialist Democrat is slightly different than socialist. And so Bernie, I'm not a big fan of him, but, um, I do like, I do like the idea of Medicare for all. I do like, you know, his overall, um, vision. I just personally, I'm not his supporter anymore. I used to be, but I'm not anymore. I was Warren. I'm like for Warren. Warren, Yeah. Yeah. Um, And I still do. And so, uh, you know, obviously she's not going to be the president, but um, that's more her representation of the democratic party is how I align. That's how I see things because, you know, I, 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 I'm a capitalist, but I believe that it should have some regulation to it. But I think that capitalism isn't all bad as long as they're, you know, as long as the, the, the fat cats pay their fair share. Because it's like, as Warren said, if you have made a lot of money in this country, that's freaking awesome. But you did that with like the help of people who paved the roads, everything that every single thing that got you to where you are was because other people did things too. So it's not to take away from what you do, but Hey, we all live here and we all have to support each other because it's our home. But anyway, so that said, I just, I just want to clarify because I know that... No, the, hey, and
3: Kimberly, that's a really important point. And look, philosophically, I'm much more of a limited government guy than you are. But right. you you know, like I know, we all live in mixed economies. All of these economies mm-hmm. are mixed. Yeah. It's part socialism, part capitalism. Right. That's what a mixed economy is. Yeah,
2: exactly. And so let me ask you now. Okay, I was reading... Basically, I mean, I'll just... Uh, I'll say that while reading your book... I agree with you when you talk about Trump. Um, sometimes when you get into other things having to do with what the Democrats think or feel, of course, I'm not necessarily going to disagree. I mean, agree with you, but, um, we do agree on Trump and, and before I even go any further, I just, I want to say this as somebody who is, I consider myself a a progressive. Um, but I also understand that I live in a country with people like you or people like even Ted Cruz, and we all have to figure out how to meet in the middle. And so, um, While I look at all the never Trumpers out there having their say, I recognize you are the only one who does not tell the Democrats what to do. And in fact out of all of them, and this is the most, would have been the most surprising information to me uh, if I had, you know, if somebody had told me years ago that Joe Walsh would be the one (laughs) saying, I'll vote for Bernie Sanders, um, you know, over the Republican guy. I don't know that I would have believed that, but here we are. And, And so I appreciate that because I feel like you know, while I can totally get behind uh, the idea that there are Republicans that are never Trumpers, I feel like, just like with you, they need to stay out of the telling Democrats how to behave. Um, I don't think the Democrats Amen. always make the best decisions. Sometimes I wish they would uh, have a little bit more. I don't know, backbone or spine when it comes to certain things, but I, I know that Democrats, and I'll stop talking in a second and let you talk because you're the guest, but, but I know that Democrats um, want to take the high road a lot of the time, and then that's yeah. seen as weakness, and you know, here we are, but I appreciate, I totally appreciate that you do not attack Democrats, and well, that so you like, understand. So like,
3: Kimberly, thanks, like, so when I ended my primary challenge to Trump, I think I went on CNN the next day, and uh, I think it was John Berman pressed me on this and I said, yeah, I I I pledge right here and now to support whoever the Democrats nominate. And I think John Berman said, even if it's Bernie. And I said, yeah, I just said, whoever the Democrats nominate, I, I make that pledge. Mm-hmm. And I just think if a conservative like me can make that pledge, then anybody can. Uh, and the yes. other thing I think, Kimberly, <laughs> is look, I'm not a Democrat. I'm not It's not my job to tell you all who to vote for. I I, I pledge to support whoever you vote for. To me, that just seems so basic. Yeah.
2: Yeah, it it seems basic to me because as you, you know, I don't know if you like – personally how you feel about Bernie Sanders but for me the it's been like a 180 because I supported yeah. him in the 2016 primary and I don't anymore and you know I realize there are a lot of people who do and I I, I just feel like well um, I will vote for him if he's the nominee I'll have certain issues and I'll have certain fears but it's all about right now we have to get rid of Trump and then we will deal what we deal with at least what we can do is depend on fair elections the next time around if Donald Trump wins or yeah. is installed, or whatever, by cheating, um, we're never going to have fair elections. And, you know, this 2020 election is still going to be questionable. But oh, yeah. if yeah. there is, there have been several experts that, you know, are under the impression based on 2018, based on prior elections, that there will be a not even just a blue wave, but a blue flood. If, if enough people vote, um, I think it's going to be way more difficult to uh, cheat so this I, is, I agree, Kimberly.
3: Yeah. I agree. Look, the- and you nailed it. 2018, Democrats kicked Republicans' butts. <laughs> it, it, it's all about my biggest concern. And, and Democrats ask me, who do I like and who I don't like? And I hesitate to say, but my biggest concern with Bernie is I, I agree with what you just said. To me, this election is all about Trump. I mean, Trump, 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 mm-hmm. Trump. It ain't about anything else. And I worry with Bernie that he'd make it about some of this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and I can just, just my perspective, Kimberly, when I was out on the trail mm-hmm. talking to Republicans and independents, moderates, they all told me, man, if the Democrats nominate Klobuchar or Biden or then, then, then I'm voting for them because I don't like Trump. Yeah. I, I think. People in the middle, Bernie, right. would scare them. I That's agree. not to say Bernie couldn't beat Trump, though.
2: No, I know. Yeah, I totally agree with you. In fact, it's funny because I see both sides, like the Biden side and the Bernie side. Each yeah. side says the other one's going to lose. Um, if you look at the polls, which are taken with a grain of salt, but if you look at the polls, both of them are beating Trump. So right. and there was right. a real clear politics poll that – Show the presidential election, and you click on one, and then like Biden wins him wins by like say three hundred and thirty electoral, and then you click on Bernie, and he's like three hundred and ten. So they are both winning against Trump at least in polls, um, and I do yeah. think that yeah. there is Trump fatigue, and I think we have a really good shot at beat. I, I if we take out Russian interference and cheating and all that stuff, there is no doubt Trump loses. But we've got these unknown wild cards. And we don't know how they're gonna be played. So we all, that's why no matter what, uh, we have to vote for the Democratic nominee. Now, I personally feel, I, I was looking today on Nate Silver's 538, yeah. and I was going through each. Uh, primary that's coming up, and with the exception, it's funny. um I live in Maryland, but mm-hmm. in Maryland right now, supposedly is going for Bernie. But there was, I think, like in Washington State, they're tied, and then there's maybe one other state where Bernie is leading. But outside of that, it's Biden, and it looks like Biden's going to be the nominee. So I would hope that if that's the case, that you know, like what you're saying, maybe these conservatives who are like, you know, um, what's his yeah. name? I can't yeah. think of his name. Tom. Tom Nichols, you know, Nichols. he'll he'll yeah. feel more comfortable because I know uh, Warren scared the shit out of him, and it's like okay, whatever. But uh,
3: <laughs> you know, just just everybody needs to get to the polls. Um, look, it, it, look uh, to me, it's simple math. I, you and I know there are more people in this country who oppose Trump than support him. The only way Trump wins again is if, as you said, Russia or other people screw with the election mm-hmm. and if people who oppose Trump stay at home yes. if they don't come out and vote he, he may well win again
2: yeah and and we always have to keep that in mind it's not like a, yeah. there's absolutely no guarantee either way so we oh, we just have to vote um, let me ask you with your book what what is your who is your target audience and who are you trying to convince are you going after other conservatives
3: Yeah, you know, pretty much everybody. But your question's a good one. And I can't tell a lie. I'm generally writing that book. I wrote that book. uh, Fuck silence to (laughs) to to get moderates, conservatives and disaffected Republicans to quit being hypocrites Mm -hmm. uh, The the hundreds and hundreds of thousands of them who all cheered me on privately but mm-hmm. wouldn't call Trump out publicly the book is really geared to them mm-hmm. that th- our very republic is at stake you can't be silent this year yeah. and you can't just say privately that Trump's a moron you've got to you've got to raise yourself up in the public square and say and do what I'm doing I'll vote for who, and I'll work for whoever the democrat is yeah. the other thing kimberly in addition to the book i'm going to do this sh- these next eight months is I'm going to launch an organization in the next week or two, and it's going to be geared toward getting disaffected Republicans to be brave enough to come out publicly and oh, wow. say that they'll support the Democrat nominee.
2: Wow, that's pretty cool, and and and, and I appreciate it.
3: <laughs> well, well I, you better. You better give me a hug when you and I finally
2: <laughs> meet because – my, I, I'm a man
3: without a country. My, no, I, my I understand. Republicans hate me. And, yeah. But I want to get back. I, I, you and I got to get rid of Trump so we can go back to a place where you and I can have respectful yeah. debates and fights about issues.
2: Well, that's what I, I kind of wanted to bring this up because yeah. I was thinking, you know, I mean, I'm not I'm not asking you what you're going to do, but I'm just going to put it out there that sure. perhaps down the line you might want to run for office again. So let's just say that yeah. that's a decision you make. So yeah. how has this experience um, affected you? And then and then how would it affect you in debating with people who you disagree with? Like, how how is that going to change your behavior from the last time you were in, 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 government?
3: If I were with you right now, I'd give you a big hug. Cause that's <laughs> a great question. And that's my favorite question because Donald Trump has changed me and this experience has changed me like eight or seven or eight years ago, Kimberly, you and I may not have been able to have that this conversation. Yeah, I don't think we could have. I was yeah. probably I was probably much more of a jerk back then. <laughs> I was an angry Tea Party guy, and even though I fought for the things I believed in, sometimes I'd let my politics get ahead of me. Yeah. Um. I I've completely changed my tone. I still generally believe in what I believe in, but mm-hmm. I've become so disgusted with Trump, and truthfully, a lot of my fellow Republicans that. Um, it's changed who I am. It's changed my tone. It's changed. uh, I I love speaking with someone like you when we disagree and seeing if there's anywhere there's common ground. Mm -hmm. I think Kimberly, I think the Republican party's done. It's become the Trump party. I don't belong there anymore. I think there's going to be the rising up after November, there's going to be the rising up. I think of a new party and it's going to be, kind of independent conservative but it's going to be decent Mm -hmm. and respectful i want to be a part of that well that's what you know i mean
2: when james Clyburn endorsed Joe Biden. He called him a good, yeah. a good man. And I feel yeah. like, you know, obviously there are people out there looking to smear Joe, but there's no denying that um, he's a good man. And frankly, yeah. this was fascinating. I read this piece by a black woman and she posted something on Facebook. And, and, and the gist of what she said was, look, the reason why it doesn't, whatever Joe has done in the past doesn't matter to black people is because for eight years he played second fiddle to a younger, smarter, black man, that he marched in lockstep, that he was his wingman, that he never questioned them. And in fact, he supported him and he loved him. And black people see that and they trust him. And I feel like, you know, I'm a woman and I've got my own fair share. I'm a white privileged woman. And, you know, and I recognize that. But, you know, I'm a woman, so I've experienced certain kinds of discrimination. But I feel like uh, the black community, especially black women, have it so hard. And I'm not going to, you know, like even though Warren was my first choice, I feel like if the black community is saying this man makes us comfortable and we are good with that, then I'm I'm following their lead. That's how I that's how I look at it.
3: But it's, it's it. It's so great. I mean, we have an asshole in the White House. We have a horrible human being. Yeah. And And it's really good versus evil. I think a lot of the the, the black vote, and truthfully, Kimberly, a lot of uh, white suburban women, uh, because of Trump, Republicans have lost the suburbs. These people uh, have just risen up. God, God bless them. And they've recognized faster than other people, I think, how bad Trump is.
2: Yeah. Well, I think, you know, I imagine this is what you thought when you voted for him, that he would like pivot and kind of, you know, take on a more presidential stature. Not that anyone thought he would be a good president per se, but right. you figured he was going to go at like play the game. But we learned very quickly. I mean, on like freaking day 1 with the crowd size bullshit which you wrote about in your book. Yeah. I mean, it's like yeah. it started from day 1. And so, you know, I want to kind of get back to this thing um do you think that do you think that okay, again, if you were going to be in office um, do you think that you would listen to Democrats in a different way? Like, do you feel yes. like this would change and you'd be a little bit softer to what they had to say?
3: Oh, oh, oh Kimberly, absolutely. totally. This whole experience, the Trump and my run against Trump, has completely changed me. Um, it's fascinating. And it's not that I've changed on issues. Right. Uh, when I was campaigning, I said publicly, and I, and I would have done this, that if I were the Republican nominee, I would have picked a Democrat vice president. Wow. Uh, In a fucking heartbeat, I would have done that because job one of whoever comes after Trump is to begin to try to unite the country, period. Mm -hmm. Um, I believe in climate change. I believe it's real. My party is stupid on this. Uh, I would have put Republicans and Democrats together in a room, I would Mm -hmm. have locked us up in a room (laughs) to try to figure out some things to do, but yes, Um, I right now, because like Fox news wants nothing to do with me and conservative media wants nothing to do with me, even though that's the world I came from Mm -hmm. and all of these stupid Trump enablers in Congress, like they want nothing to do with me. Mm -hmm. I find Democrats right now, people like you, progressive, so much more interesting to talk about because talk to, because you're willing to talk about issues, um, and, and and speak respectfully, and that, that's that. Kimberly, right there, is the primary way that I've changed.
2: Well, that that really makes me feel. I mean, are you familiar with David Weisman? Oh, he's some, a
3: great guy, yeah. isn't he? Yeah,
2: yeah, I mean, he's been on my show a couple of times. I mean, obviously, he's done a 180 politically. Yeah, um, unlike yeah. you, but but like you, he's able to um, recognize how he was. Fooled and conned, right, um, specifically right. by you know Fox News or some of these maybe even worse toxic radio personalities that he listened yeah. to, and he's like, oh, and it's funny because he's always saying now he's like, oh my God, being a liberal is so much more difficult, and it truly is. It I think it is. Um, Chris Hayes did uh, an interesting um, opening of his show a, a few nights ago, and he was saying basically the Republican Party is easier to. To get in line behind whatever they're looking for, because they've got a pretty—I mean, it's not very diverse. There's mostly white people. There's mostly yeah. Christian people, and within you know the Democratic Party, I mean, we've got white Christians, but we've got you know Muslims and we've got Black people, and we've we've got all these different um, kind of yeah. minds, and it's not easy. To get everybody on the same page. And it gets really ugly. And it's like, you know, I keep trying, you know, David will send me messages every once in a while, because he's like, Oh, my God. <laughs> and I'm like, Yeah, I know. It's, it's really hey, hard. Kimberly,
3: it's unbelievable. Look, I, I, the party is Trump's party. The party. Yeah, is a cult. it's
2: gone crazy. I-
3: I saw it up close and personal because I campaigned for six months and I, on, on caucus night in Iowa, my God, I spoke to like 3,500 of them Republicans. And I said, we need a president who tells the truth. And they booed me. I said, we need a president who's decent. And I got booed. Wow. Um, it is, it is an absolute cult right now. Yeah. Um, and it needs to be broken up and it will.
2: Uh, well, I hope so. But let me ask you this. When you, when you decided to run for president, did yeah. you think that, I mean, did, I'm not asking you if you're pulling a stunt, but I'm asking, did you did you do it to prove a point? Because, I mean, I don't know, you know, you couldn't have predicted that those primaries would have been canceled. But did you right. think that it would turn out to be something like you expected? I mean, like what I, happened?
3: I... I I, I I did it because I really felt it was important for a Republican out there every day to call him out for mm-hmm. his unfitness. I, I I I did it and I knew I had I knew it was a long shot. Yeah. Um but I, I can really call me naive. I had no idea that the party would cancel primaries all over the country. Yeah. I had no idea. That surprised me. And until I really campaigned day after day. I didn't realize how much the party was a cult. Yeah. And I I finally realized that that most Republican primary voters, uh, I just wasn't going to get through to. Um, Then, you know, once impeachment hit, I announced about a month before the Ukraine thing, once the impeachment thing hit, then Trump's hardcore Republican voters, they rallied around him even more.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also am curious to think, I mean, to ask you about Mitch McConnell, because Mitch McConnell has vowed that if he wins again, he's just going to block whoever it is. He's just going to block everything. And I mean, do you look at his actions and do you think it's shameful? Do you, do you, what do you think of Mitch McConnell?
3: So here's, so here's again, this is, and you know, again, I want to be clear, Kimberly, Like I really haven't changed on the issues. I'm mm-hmm. still the same Tea Party conservative that 10 years ago you probably wouldn't have liked. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to be out there campaigning for uh is it amy mcgrath
2: right yes. yeah
3: right r- i'm gonna wow. be out there campaigning against all these senate republicans mitch mcconnell's gotta go
2: yeah
3: he's been there too damn long he's an absolute obstacle to anything yeah um i i i, I agree with you uh, uh martha mcsally all mm-hmm. all of these senate Republicans who let Trump go free without even a trial, they all have to lose. And I'm a conservative saying that.
2: Well, you know, I mean, it's great to hear it because yeah, I pretty much surround myself with liberals. Obviously, I see opposing views on Twitter and stuff, but the people yeah. in my life are are variations of liberal, you know, whether it's the Biden kind of liberal or a Bernie right. kind of liberal. But it's nice to hear that because, um, you know, I mean, frankly, I'm a woman and, and, and I don't have to worry about any kind of reproductive issues because I'm of a certain age, but I'll be 52 right. this year. But I, I worry about it for a lot of other women. And it's not just the abortion issue it's everything else it's like when clinics are closed there's all kinds of um all kinds of treatments. And, you know, like there's the breast exams and stuff like that's not going to happen. And it, cause it's not just Planned Parenthood. It's just like independent clinics that get closed down based on these things called trap laws. And now women can't even go to a local clinic to, you know, get a breast exam or something like that. So yeah. I, I feel like as so a, I th-
3: what I think what's, I think what's cool, Kimberly is when I look at, cause I'm not a Democrat. When I look at the Democrats right now, you guys are having a real rambunctious debate mm-hmm. about issues. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you guys are a, a Medicare for all free college. I mean, you guys are debating issues. Yeah. I look at my Republican party and it's you either kiss Donald Trump's feet <laughs> yeah. or we don't want you. Yeah. We don't even talk about issues on our side. That's, that's
2: interesting because a lot of Democrats get upset that the democratic candidates are not talking about Trump at least in the primary debates, which I think they should be focusing on the issues. When yeah. they get into the general, that's when they can they can focus on both. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely right. It's all about Trump. He is so toxic; it's unfucking believable. He is. I just can't even. You know, I mean, I say this a lot on my show, but because I had the opportunity to live in Soviet Russia when I was right. you know 12 years old, I I, I don't think that we're going to turn into Soviet Russia. But I can understand what it looks like to see a nation of people who are just so oppressed and so afraid to speak up and you know they do what the government tells them end of story to the point where if they when russians would come over to the united when i should say soviet russians would come over to the united states and they would walk into like a grocery store it was too overwhelming for them yeah they couldn't handle the choice it's like so i know that even though we won't turn into soviet russia I mean, it wouldn't take us very long. If Trump was to win the second term, I would say within five years, our country is absolutely a Russian type oligarchy. And it's just done. No fair elections. You've got Putin style rule. Yeah. And that's it.
3: Kimberly, amen. And again, this is my last plug. That's why I wrote Fuck Silence and, and go to Amazon, buy the book, because that's the exact case I make in it. Uh, you can kiss the rule of law yeah. goodbye. If Trump wins again, I think he'll literally try to shut down CNN and other media oh, yeah, outlets. He
2: will. He's already suing them. I mean, he's suing yeah, them all now. Yeah.
3: yeah. Uh, so so he's, he, is, he is a dictator. He's an authoritarian, and he has to lose.
2: With the emphasis on Dick.
3: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
3: you can say that. I won't say you know. that, but yes. He's you an know. ass. I mean, he's a horrible guy. Yeah.
2: Horrible. No, he, he's just awful. And you know, I want to kind of hit on this too. In your book, I uh, first of all, I want to say that, you know, you mentioned you, you did this whole thing on Trump's lies and yeah. you said hey look every politician lies I did I don't feel great about it but it's true every politician and sometimes it's not necessarily a lie or it's a promise made yeah. that's never fulfilled or stuff like that right um, and so you know ob- I think all of us expect that politicians are going to you know blow smoke smoke up our asses right. and we all know right. it um, but it's about degree and he's just egregious just with it but you know I, you had said something about Romney and that you felt comfortable trusting him, that you don't really think he's a liar, but then you brought up the Clintons. And so I want, you know, and and I'm sure you're not a big fan of the Clintons. Um, And what's interesting is in 2016, I was for Bernie Sanders and I looked at Hillary Clinton and I didn't hate her. I never hated her. Um, But I felt that she was a little entitled and you know my father worked for um abc news and he's had experiences with the clintons because he was a cameraman at the white house he's had some experiences with hillary and with the clintons that have been great and have been not so great i won't go into detail but um i will just say that you know I understand, and I was one of those people that picked up on the toxic narrative about Hillary and even you know got into it a little bit more because I was a Bernie supporter and i I, I never really fully like went in all the way, but there were seeds of doubt planted in my head about her and and because yeah. I was for Bernie, I was more open to those. Uh, you know, those anti Hillary. I mean, I never called her Hillary. I thought that was stupid. Right. Um, you know, right. all that stuff. But, but there were suggestions made to me that made me feel like, and they were probably Russian. Um, memes that started it. But they made me question her. And what I was wondering and what I wanted to ask you about is, you know, again, I'm not trying to convince you to like the Clintons or anything like that. But right now, there is that documentary on Hulu about Hillary Clinton. And I've heard it's good. uh, Yeah, I watched only the first one. And I will say, I don't know if you saw that PBS documentary, I think it's frontline right before the election, where they profiled both um, Donald Trump and Hillary. And they touched on some of this stuff that Hillary did, but it really actually got me to get in her corner more. And now that I'm watching this, it's fascinating because, I mean, you're a man and so you have a certain perspective. And, you know, and I'll just kind of bring it to this. You had had tweeted um, over the holidays that, you know, you're a Catholic boy and you married a Jewish woman. and you know, my father, I mean, my father's not Catholic. He was raised Catholic, but his wife is Jewish, my stepmom. Right. And so I, I was like, wow, that's kind of cool. You know, that it's kind of similar. And yeah. you know, my father, I mean, he's, he's not like a church person, but you know, he likes Christmas and all of that. And so there's like this blend of holidays at their home. And, right. you know, every, you know, I always, I'm always over there for Passover and for all Rosh Hashanah. And, you know, my stepmother's fully into the tradition. So, um, and I just think it's cool, you know, because cool. I'm not I'm yeah. not religious at all. But uh the thing is is like I I would I, I hope that you watch this um documentary because I didn't really realize how much Hillary Clinton was up against. I mean, she was kind of part to blame why Bill Clinton lost his governorship because she didn't take his last name. She didn't wear makeup. She didn't please the patriarchy and she got punished for it. And she got, and one of the things that she said, and this was something I kind of not held against her, but I had that seed of doubt was she said, you know, growing up, you know, going to law school and all this stuff, I had to put my head down And just ignore the misogyny and push through it. Whatever sexism came her way, whatever misogyny. And the woman is smart no matter what you think of her personality.
3: She's really smart. All right, answer me this, Kimberly. Answer me this because you're a woman. So I want to ask you this because this is always fascinating. Hillary is a smart, uh, accomplished woman. I've Mm -hmm. never doubted that. And all the conservative, I mean, the wacko conservative hits on her are just crazy. I agree. I give you all of that. Here's what I've never understood. Bill Clinton was a serial adulterer. Yes. I mean for years. Yes. I'm not talking and, and I'm not talking to harassment or anything like that. He he was a serial adulterer. Yeah. He would cheat on Hillary with multiple women year mm-hmm. after year. Mm-hmm. I've never understood why Hillary and I think this is part- from a guy's perspective The fact that I would say, like, she enabled that. Why Um, did she put up with that? Why did she allow that? I think she would have been a stronger political figure because it wasn't a one or two or three time shot. Bill Clinton did this for 40 years. Yeah, well, I mean,
2: it's interesting in in the documentary, um, it's a fascinating scene when he's explaining what it went through his head when he met her and how, and I'm going to, I'm going to get to your question, but, yeah. um, you know, and he had said that he asked her to marry him and he was kind of surprised by wanting to marry her because he, when he met her, he had just come out of a relationship and yeah. he, he just kind of wanted to wander. That's his words. And, you know, I mean, we all look at Bill Clinton, we know what wander means. And so, yeah. um, you know he was so struck by Hillary, and and here's what I'm gonna say. I'll I'll give this two answers. I wouldn't put up with it. I would never be able to put up with somebody who was a Thank serial you. cheater. Um, but I also feel like it's not my place to judge her. Yes, she did enable it, but maybe there is a part of it. Like here, she's coming from a place where, as a girl. You know, she was told, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't, you can't. But you're,
3: okay. So Kimberly, that's really interesting, but you're a woman and I appreciate what you just said. And again, we're not talking about a guy who cheats on his wife once, two or three times. He's done this for 40 years. Do you think, and and I don't know if this is a weird question, do you think because she stuck with him for all that time, is she a good example for women? I've never understood that.
2: Um, well, I, all I can say about that is that is their personal life yeah. and yeah. I don't know what her reasons are. I don't know if it was politically driven, which I'm sure politic politics had something right. to do with it. And what I was going to say is because she was so used to, um, fighting upstream, going against everything and having to deal with critics and, you know, she had right. to change her name and she had to make her hair look this way. Maybe there was a point in time where she just figured um, in order to get ahead, I have to play this role. And I will not be taken seriously if I don't. I mean, uh, let me go back to when Trump was on stage with her basically stalking her. She was on yeah. Rachel Maddow um, talking about that. And basically her whole thing was, you know what, I had a split second to decide. I decided in that moment to try to just you know, ignore him and not address it. Now, yeah. in hindsight, she can say, oh, I should have addressed it. Um, and I will never – I'm never one of those people who's going to criticize her for that because no matter – if she would have addressed it, the media would have ripped her apart for that. And then she doesn't address it and the media rips her apart for that. So she was in an a unprecedented situation that no other woman had been – now, she's paved the way if there were a woman to debate him now, like if it were Elizabeth Warren, she would have done what she did to Bloomberg because she would have understood – what the what everyone wanted from Hillary in that moment they wanted her to turn around and say back off but she didn't well, I'll
3: agree I'll agree with you on this uh, Kimberly I do think whether it's a double standard whatever it is it is a higher bar for a woman candidate to meet. yeah there's a higher threshold and that's not right and that's not fair
2: no but getting back to her um personal relationship I I, I choose like as far as like being a role model for women or representing women, I feel like her actions in government and her actions in how she's conducted herself um, in a political way are more important to me than what decisions she makes in her marriage. And they have a daughter and she, you know, whether or not I agree with her, I like, I feel like if it were me, I would have left, but I will say there are people that I know who have stayed with men who are yeah. serial cheaters and yeah. it's not something that I could do. And yeah. I do think that in some cases it's the patriarchy, which is just a male dominated society that makes women feel they have to for whatever reason. And I mean, and obviously, again, the only
3: thing I'd add as a guy, maybe as a stupid guy, I would say that Hillary had a great opportunity to walk against that patriarchy thing.
2: that's
1: true hillary
3: could have said an example
2: but, she, but but it's very easy to make those determinations for women. W- women and it's are very always, easy for me to say that. Right. Yeah. I mean, women are always told, you should have reported that rape 20 years ago, but you don't know what it was like for her 20 years ago when she was just going to be called a liar and she's yeah. just looking for attention. I mean, I don't want to come off as a victim here. You know, oftentimes Republicans will say, oh, the liberals are always playing victims. It's not about playing victims. It's you're damned yeah. if you do and you're damned if you don't. And that, that goes to Republican women because if a Republican woman is raped, She doesn't get special privileges in court where she's believed, and a liberal woman isn't believed.
3: No, I agree with all that. Yeah, so I I mean, you know,
2: when I when I look at Hillary Clinton, you know, she's a flawed woman because we're all flawed, and because she has been in the political eye for so long, and she put herself there, she's a political animal. Um, You know, she made choices that you are you and I may not have made in our personal life, but it's not up to me to judge her um, for for well, what she and, did. And, I mean and,
3: and to to put a wrap on Hillary, I I can tell you that if I could have that vote back in 2016, <laughs> yeah. I would have voted for 4 years of Hillary in a nanosecond over Right. Well,
2: I was just going to say. I mean, if you if you could, I would I would just ask that you watch this because it's a fascinating. You know, it's like for instance, I watched uh, that thing on Romney, the documentary on Romney after he watched, which I found fascinating. And I'm not a big Romney fan, but um, at the same time, I was like, wow, you know, that was kind of interesting. And it was even kind of soft. It was softball documentary. It wasn't hardball. But I mean, it's it's just I liked. I think the benefit from watching that no matter what you think of her is at least it gives you an insight to um, her side of the story because we're always hearing um, the other side. And it's like, I don't know. have, Have you seen the documentary McMillions?
3: Uh, pieces of it, not the whole thing.
2: Well, there there's this woman. She's a black woman who was given a ticket, right, by this mobster yeah. dude. And yeah. so first you're introduced to this woman and she's, you know, part of the crowd that is like, okay, you won, so we're calling you back to ask you what happened. They're Basically, it's the FBI doing this, but the supposedly the people yeah. who won don't know. And so this woman is just sitting there and she did not want to be interviewed. And, you know, my my take on her was, oh, she's guilty and she just doesn't want to talk because she's guilty then i saw her story and you know while she made a bad decision she got so screwed over by this mobster and then she got stuck she couldn't get out she was in the situation that she just could not get out of And, and 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 mainly because this mobster had her where he wanted her and she was stuck. And so I'm not saying Hillary is stuck with a mobster, but it's just the idea of it looks a certain way. And then you see the backstory and you're like, oh, well, and that's really important.
3: It's really important, Kimberly. And the other important point is we are all much more complicated beings than we're portrayed on Twitter and in social media.
2: Yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. look at that. You know, the last time you were on the show, I, I told you that I had blocked you because whatever you said, it might have been about guns. I don't know what it was, but it was like the last yeah. time I'm like, I'm blocking him. And then you announced you were running. And I'm like, oh, wait a minute. I got to unblock this guy because good. You know, I may disagree with him, but wow, that's awesome that he's running against Trump. And so and then clearly we've evolved to where we are now. And yeah. we're able to talk, and and I appreciate it. And you know what? Before you go, I want to know a little yeah. bit. You said you're launching um, this. What is it? Did you call it an organization? What are you launching?
3: I'm gonna I'm gonna launch a political group, um, and you will you will find out about it sometime in within the next ten days. Um, and it, look, our our campaign slogan was "Be brave," because mm-hmm. I wanted Republicans to be brave enough to come out publicly against Trump. I'm gonna launch a political organization to do the same thing, to get disaffected Republicans to be brave enough to do what I've done, uh, to, to support whoever the Democrats nominated, not decide to nominate. And it doesn't mean that I'm a Democrat because mm-hmm. I'm doing this. It's like a lot, there, Kimberly, there are so many disaffected Republicans and conservatives who are afraid to do this and yeah. they don't have a place to land. Right. Trump has to lose. So this political organization that I'm going to start is going to give these people a place to land and go um, so that they can support the Democrat um and still retain their identity as right. a republican or a conservative
2: well and that's the patriotic thing to do and i'm i'm grateful that you're doing it i really truly am and i'm you're I, the
3: best i love chatting <laughs> with
2: you well yeah i mean uh, my cat just came by to say hi to you too um <laughs> <laughs> she always does every Kimberly, <laughs> thank,
3: thank you for this as always thank you and thank you for letting me plug the book a little bit.
2: Of course. And I'm going to include the link to your book in the text of the Patreon description. You take care. And thanks again for coming back.
3: Talk to you soon, Kimberly. Thanks so much.
2: Okay. Bye-bye. Once again, that was a fascinating conversation. And I hope, you know, I know I'm going to get some shit from people saying, why are you giving him a platform? But as I said, he's giving me a platform. So I'm just you know, uh, he gives, he's got a bigger platform than I do. Uh, A lot of them are probably Republicans that will never give a shit about me, but I do think it's so important that we can find a way to come together because I was really happy to hear that he is willing if he, I'm guaranteeing he's going to run, um, and maybe he'll be elected and, I don't know, you know, how he's going to conduct himself if he is a, a you know a congressional representative in the future, but I do think that this experience with Donald Trump has had a, an impact on him that will make him a lot more willing to compromise. And I appreciate the fact that even though, you know, he is, you know, I appreciate that he's like I'm a conservative, my values have not changed. Um, but I hate Trump and I'm willing to work with and help Democrats. I don't know what else we can ask for. I mean, it's great to see somebody like David Weissman come over to our side, but not everyone's going to. So with Joe, I think that you know, liberals have embraced him because he has been very cordial and he has been willing. I mean, he's freaking willing to vote for Bernie Sanders. Are you kidding me? Of course, we're going to embrace him. And the fact that he said that we've been so warm and welcoming, he's not going to forget that. He's not going to turn back into the tribal Joe Walsh that he was. So um, I just hope that if you've made it this far, that you can appreciate that. Um, You know, I definitely talked about it in the intro, but I'm grateful that he is willing to work for the country, no matter what his, you know, political leanings are. So that's going to be it. Um, I'm going to have on the show Wednesday, you know, I hate to announce it because they always cancel, but Connie Schultz, she's a um, she's the wife of Sherrod Brown, which she has her own, um, she's an author, she's a Pulitzer Prize winning novelist. So it's not just the wife of Sherrod Brown. She's got her whole life that's her own, but I'm going to be talking to her and that's going to be really cool and exciting and I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Once again, if you want to find me on Twitter, author Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y. You can go buy my books on Amazon. That's Kimberly A. Johnson, Peyton's Choice, American Woman. Peyton's Choice is a book about abortion, which I didn't talk to Joe Walsh about that. Didn't even bring it up. (laughs) Um, Anyway, take care, you guys. See you on Wednesday.